So today, I'm going to give you information, and I want you to be able to assimilate this information and use it to your benefit, because we'll, in this find, we're going to explore the foundational truths of Jesus Christ and also who you are interconnecting with Jesus Christ. And you're going to find out that it doesn't really matter who you are, where you came from, or what you think about yourself, you are interconnected with Jesus Christ. Your strength comes from one another and through the master that causes the interconnection, the joining, okay? So here is a question and an answer that rocked the world. A question and an answer that has rocked the world and brought change forever. You may not see it, but absolutely the devil knows about it. A question and answer that changed everything. Matthew 16, verse 13 through 15. We'll start with that, then we'll move on and further on. Well, actually it's going to be uh, Matthew 16, 13 through, 13 through 19. But hear this. Now when Jesus... He came into the district of Caesarea Philippi. He asked his disciples. Jesus wanted to know something. He wanted to know what his men were thinking. The ones that were following him were thinking. This is key to understanding the Rock of Ages. The Rock of Ages wanted to know something. And he needed that information. Because he wanted to know, are they thoroughly furnished? Are they ready to do what, they're, what he's going to give them instructions to do. Now watch this. Who do people say that the Son of Man is? Who are they talking about? What do they say about me? Watch. And they said, some say you're John the Baptist. Because John the Baptist has had his head cut off now. Others say Elijah, the great prophet. And others, Jeremiah, are one of the prophets. He said unto them, I hear what they're saying about them but who do you say that I am? You're the ones that's been with me. You've been listening to me. You've been following me. Who do you think that I am? Well, I don't know. You ask people in church some questions. Well, I don't know. You pray for them and you say God's going to touch you. Well, I hope so. Anytime I give to the Lord, which I do, I don't believe any man that stands behind the pulpit can ask for people to support a ministry that he himself does not support. But when I give unto the Lord, I'm saying, I know you're for real. I'm saying, I know you're for real. I know you live. I know that that, that which I'm doing, you see. And you will reward me for everything that I am doing. How many people agree to that? Because it's not about me. It's not about me being seen. It's not about any of that. It's about God, do you see what I'm trying to do? Why? Because you're the rock of ages. He's the rock of ages. But who do you say that I am? I'm going to pose that question to you too. You say, man, I wish I'd have been there. You probably would have messed up. But he goes on to say in verse 16, Simon Peter replied, you are the Christ. When he said that, you have to understand that word. And the son of the living God. You're the son of the living God. The Christ. The Messiah. That was potent. That was powerful. 
When you look at the word Christ, in, by some definition, it's the ideal truth that comes as a divine manifestation of God to destroy incarnate error. In other words, he's going to destroy what the flesh has done. The ideal truth. Who is the rock of ages? The ideal truth. Now watch, and Jesus answered him and said, Blessed are you, Simon Bar-Jonah. That was his name. For flesh and blood has not revealed this to you. That's why it's so important for you to know who Jesus is. Who is he to you? He's somebody that I just walk in here on Sunday mornings and we talk about him for a few minutes. Or we sing a few. Someone said to me, I've heard him say, I can't worship with a video. Well, you're not supposed to be worshiping because of anything on this stage. Really, you worship because you're in the presence of God. Doesn't matter if it's a video or it's a hundred, hundred voice choir up here. It matters not to me because that's not the reason I'm worshiping. I'm worshiping because the Rock of Ages is in the house today because he said, For two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst of them. That's why I worship. Oh, I'd love to have those things, but that's not what motivates me. I can worship God in my car when my speakers aren't working, and yet I can hear a little bit of the music. I'm tired of us thinking we have to have things our way to worship because the rock of ages deserves better than that. And flesh and blood cannot reveal that to you. He said, but my Father who is in heaven, Simon, he revealed this to you. And I will tell you, you are Peter. He changed. He put his name there on him. And on this rock, on this rock, I will build my church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. You don't think the devil knows? The gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Let me tell you this. This rock is the foundational truth. This is the question and answer that changed everything. Upon this rock, Jesus Christ is that rock. He is the foundation. He is the true principle. So when he says upon this rock, he's upon this ideal truth. I will build my church. Can anybody tell me what's significant about that next statement? I will build my church. What, would that, what is the significance of that statement? How does that, I mean, what does that resonate within you? I'm going to my church today. He said, I will build my church. This isn't your church. Yes, this is my, no, 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 no. The church is universal. Red, yellow, black, white, Assembly of God, AME, uh, 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 Assembly of God in Christ. It doesn't matter. What I'm trying to say, we are one. We are the church. But Jesus says, I'll build my church. Thank you. I used to think I was building the church. And he said, excuse me, you didn't die on a cross. You didn't shed one drop of your blood for this. You may have spent some time, effort, and energy that I have underwritten, but you did not give your life for this church. I did. 
So when you walk through those doors, understand we're walking into what he said would come to pass. I will build my church so the east-west church is just a part, a piece of the whole. We're just a piece or a part of the whole. And we're not complete until we interconnect with other people, other churches. You say, well, I certainly don't interconnect. Connect with some of those people. Listen, they need you because some of them have, all they know how to do is teach condemnation. How many people have ever been involved in the churches? All they teach is how you're going to hell. Condemnation, totally you're wrong, you're in error. That's all they preach. Well, I'm going to tell you that's not what Jesus preached. He preached more sermons against the religious establishment than anything else. He came against them. But he says, I will build my church and the gates of hell. What does that mean? The authorities. The authorities of hell shall not prevail against it. Nothing can stop this. And I will give you keys. What are keys made for? Yeah, they're, they're there to unlock, to open a door. He said, I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatsoever, talking to the church now, Whatsoever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Amen. So Jesus is the rock and he is the builder of his church. Can you say that with me? Jesus is the rock and the builder of his church. So anything we experience and anything we have is because Jesus has made a decision. I said, look, anything that goes on at the East-West Church, I'm listening to God. Let me tell you how much I believe in, in the Lord. If he said to me in the spirit today, I don't want you to preach anymore. Now, he wouldn't do that, but let's just say he did. I would come out here to you and say, the Lord spoke to me and said, do not preach anymore. He said, well, that's wrong. No, if he said it, it's right. That's how much I believe in him, that how much I trust in him. And I told him also, I said, my allegiance is not in this building. My allegiance is to the Lord Jesus Christ. And the reason I love you is because of my allegiance to him. Are we on the same page? And you know why you get, why you're healed when we pray? Because of our allegiance to him. Jesus is the head of his body, of this body, of the body of Christ. He is the head of his holy nation. He's the head of his peculiar people. He's your head, my head. He's the head of the church, Colossians 1, 16-18 in the King James Version. <clears throat> the last version I read was out of the ESV, English Standard. This was Colossians 1, 16-18 in the King James Version. For by him, Jesus... The Word made flesh. For by Him were all things created. Colossians 1, 16 through 18. For by Him all things were created that are in heaven and that are in earth. Visible and invisible. There are things you cannot even see that He's created. Matter of fact, there are things He has laid up in store for you, Tom, that you don't know. You've not seen it. You can't comprehend it. But it's there. It's real. Some of you young people wonder, how in the world am I going to live? 
How am I going to make it? God's already had some invisible things set up for you. That should turn you on. You say, well, I'm, I'm really too old. I don't really realize that anymore. No, you're not too old. Right, Tony? We're not too old. God has some invisible things laid up for you. You say, well, I can't see it. That's why it's invisible. You say, if I see it, I'll believe it. Then you're just like doubting Thomas. He said, whether on earth, whether it's visible or invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all even the devil was created by God. All things were created by him. And what's the next few words? What? That means everything is for him. Oh, I feel pretty good today. And here's something that's new. He's before all, all things. And by him, all things consist. He's before all these things. And everything that you see in this building today, my shoes, my shirt, this platform, you sitting there on the seat you're sitting, all things consist and, and exist because of him. Because somewhere in millennia ago, he spoke, let there be, and now you're sitting on it. No, it isn't. That's something man came up with. Who do you think gave man that wisdom? And where did the raw materials come from? And by him all things consist. Here's the important part. And he is the head of the body. That's verse 18. And he's the head of the body, the church. Who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead. That in all things he might have the preeminence. What's preeminence? He's right there at the top. He should be lifted up. And Jesus said in Matthew 21, 42 in the ESV, English Standard Version. Jesus said to them, have you never read in the scriptures? The stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. Who was the stone? Jesus. He said that the builders which was then the elite religious leaders of that day, the Hebrews, they took the stone and they rejected it. They didn't want Jesus. But you have to hear what that verse says. That which they rejected became the chief cornerstone. And how many people know if the cornerstone is knocked out from a building, what happens? The building falls because it is the chief cornerstone. So, he says, the stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. This was the Lord's doing, and it is marvelous in our eyes. Then in Isaiah 28, verse 16, it says, Therefore, thus saith the Lord God, Behold, I lay in Zion my, my place. I lay in Zion a stone for a foundation, a tried stone, Jesus a precious cornerstone, a sure foundation. Whoever believes will not act hastily. That should be a word for you today. I'm not going to do anything crazy because I've got a chief cornerstone. I'm not going to, be, I'm not going to allow sickness to overtake me because there's a chief cornerstone. I'm not going to allow the enemy to get into my head because there's a chief cornerstone. I'm not going to get discouraged and dispersed because I have a chief cornerstone. And let me say this to somebody here today. If you're in trouble, 
whether it be whatever, relationally or financially, for the most part, you got yourself into it. You can't blame God because you married the wrong person. You can't blame God because you went and bought something you shouldn't have bought. Don't blame God. I blame me. There's things I've done that I'd love to have blamed God, and it don't work. God, why would you let me see her? He said, I didn't let you see her. You want to see her. I'm just being honest with you. Sometimes our eyes overload our ability. And our eyes become our disability. Because we see things we think we need and we don't need it at all. That's why the Bible says, Steve, be content with such things as you have. Be content. I've got, almost gotten to that place in my life where really nothing really matters. When something is taken away from you, the chief cornerstone has the ability to bring something better into your life. There's things I would hate for you to have to walk through. Man, I'm getting off much. I'd hate for you to have to walk through it, but let me just say this. The only way you're going to learn is walk through some things. Sometimes we, we don't even realize how good we got it. But he says he's a tried stone, a precious cornerstone, a sure foundation, and whosoever believes will not act hastily, won't go out and do stupid stuff. That's my vernacular. So Jesus Christ himself is the foundation stone. He is everything that I have in order to build my superstructure upon. To build the, the body on. How many people are part of the body? How many people are part of the structure? All of you are. It holds the whole house together. The cornerstone. That's why how in the world can a church be a church without talking about Jesus? Crazy. He's holding the house together. We are the house that Jesus is building. And I'm going to tell you, this house needs a little renovation. Oh, it got quiet then. Because there's a few things in our life we need to get out of our life. He's building a people. And my Jesus, your Jesus, is the rock that all other rocks are being built upon. So no matter what other rock, he's the chief cornerstone. He is the rock that when you build this house, every other rock has to rest upon it. On Christ, old song we used to sing, on Christ a solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. Rock of ages, cleft for me. Let me hide myself in thee. Every stone is upon him. Every preacher that has ever preached stood on him. Every elder that was ever an elder stood on him. Every prophet stood on him. And today, when I pray for you, it's, I'm standing on him. Yes, he's. All the other rocks are built upon him. He calls Simon by the name Peter, which means you're a stone. You're a rock. 
In 1 Peter 2, verse 4 in the ESV, 1 Peter 2, 4 through 10, as you come to him, a living stone. Y'all may not realize it, but you're a living stone. You're a building block. I thought this morning early, I used to work for a, a fellow that was a block mason. I mixed mortar for him. I carried bricks and blocks and rocks and everything you could imagine. And it was so much fun. But I would watch him very carefully take bricks and look at them. And he already had his plumb line there. And he'd start laying those bricks and he fitly put them together. He joined them together with, with expertise. It didn't matter if it was bricks or rocks, or blocks, he was the master builder. He put it in proper order. I see that as the Lord showed it to me this morning, that just like old Pete, that was his name, Peter. You understand, like old Pete, Jesus is putting you in proper order, in proper place, fitly joined together, where the structure can stand tall and strong. And it doesn't matter what the color of the rock is, it's going in the structure. Am I making sense? Pete's dead and gone. But some of the structures he worked on are still standing. Jesus was dead and came back again. And the structure he built will not be destroyed. God, I feel good today. He become him a living stone, 1 Peter 2, 4. Rejected by men, but in the sight of God, chosen and precious. Chosen and precious. You yourselves, like living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house. Built as a spiritual house. To be a holy priesthood. When you look in your mirror this morning, you just said, I, I'm a holy priesthood. I didn't think, I looked, I, I didn't feel that way this morning. My wife had to remind me. I said, I don't think I'll go to church today. I said, she said, you have to. I said, why? She said, because you're the preacher. But sometimes the old body says, you're tired. But in reality, nothing stops me from standing and doing what God's asked me to do. Nothing. I mean, I could tell you and paint some pictures that people didn't even know what I was going through, and I still stood here and preached. And nobody even knew it. You know why? Because greater is he that's in me than he that is in the world. Greater. Here we are, holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Christ Jesus. For it stands in Scripture, Behold, I'm laying in Zion a stone, a cornerstone, chosen and precious, and whoever believes in him will not be put to shame. Oh, I'll never be put to shame because I believe in him. Well, now, Bishop, I've heard if I don't watch and wait for him, he ain't going to come for me. I'm going to tell you that's a lie from hell. Are you all ready for this? Whether you're looking or not, if you believe he is the chief cornerstone and you see him as that precious gem and jewel, I'm going to tell you, if you love Jesus, 
you're going to go whenever he wants you to go. That's the good news. I am so tired of people dictating to me when I can go to heaven. But I'm telling you this now. We need to get a little heaven right here on earth. The kingdom of God has got to be demonstrated. Oh, God. So the honor, so the honor is for you who believe. But for those who do not believe, the stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone and a stone of stumbling. How many people do you know stumble over Jesus? He is true, but I, <clears throat> I've talked to people immediately when you mention the name Jesus, and I don't believe in those myths. Let me say this. Jesus is no myth. It's a historical fact that he lived on this planet and died 2,000 some odd years ago. That's proven. I mean, read some of the ancient scripts. It's right. He's, it happened. But you mentioned Jesus. I don't believe in those myths. I don't believe in Santa Claus. You may not believe in Santa Claus. You may not believe in the Easter Bunny. But let me tell you who you better believe in, Jesus Christ. You better believe in him. Because I'm going to tell you, he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And he never changes. Then he, he says, stumbling block, they, they disobey the word. And they're destined to do so. But you, he's talking now to the church. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. A people for his own possession. You belong to him. That you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into this marvelous light. Once you were not a people. Oh, see, we were not a people. I didn't know you. You didn't know me. But through Jesus Christ, we are a people. But now you're God's people. Once you, have not once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. All of us are like living stones and we're being built together into a spiritual house. That's why I'm laying these scriptural principles. It's just fact. And Christ, everybody say Jesus, has given his church authority to bind and to loose. That's a legal term. What do you mean? It simply means, let me read it to you. Simply means to forbid by an indisputable authority and to permit by an indisputable authority. You can't change it. In other words, what we allow on earth has to be what we know has been authorized by heaven. Whatever he's authorized, it'll happen. And why in the world we try to do things that he's not authorized? And if it's not authorized, it has no place in God's world. No place. Keys. He said, I'll give you the keys. Keys have to do with authority. Keys also have to do with wisdom. Has to do with knowledge. Has to do with understanding and revelation. How many of you need those keys? I do. I need a little wisdom and knowledge, Tom. I need it. I mean, never turn down a key when God gives it to you. Use it. We are to bring. Here's our job. East West Church, we are here to bring God's will on earth as it is in heaven. When Ephesians 3.10 says, 
Ephesians 3.10 tells us that through the church, the manifold wisdom of God is made known to the rulers and authorities in heavenly places. It is telling us that the church has a unique place in God's economy. To show something. You're showing something about himself. He invests things in you so that others can see him, himself. Not only to the world, but also to the angelic host in heaven. Every living thing. That's what's powerful. So when you look at we're in God's economy, the word in the Greek means primarily signifies the household management, the household administration, an arrangement and distribution or dispensation. The word economy is used with the intention of stressing the focal point of God's divine enterprise, which is to distribute or dispense himself into man. That's the economy. Let me say this is not part of this message today. But you want me to tell you what the money is in God's economy? The only thing that you can spend is faith. So Jesus made it clear in all his statements how, the, how the king, his kingdom would operate. The church, say, we are the church. The church is God's polity, meaning it is his organized society or political entity. That's what that word means. Our government in the world. His polity. It's not mine, it's his. The kingdom of God and Christ. The kingdom of God and Christ himself must be seen all out through the church community. He must be seen. He must be revealed. Which means what? You move in justice. You move in truth. You move in mercy, love, peace, joy, healing, and what was that word you're saying, Bishop? Oh, I'll help you. Forgiveness. That's difficult. It doesn't matter what they did to you. You are forgiving them for you, not for them. You can say things or do things, and I can forgive you for that. That just doesn't mean anything to me. I forgive because I know if I live in unforgiveness, I'm going to hurt. So, justice, truth, mercy, love, joy, peace, healing, forgiveness. It will be seen through the whole church, every one of us. As the church holds the world accountable to the truth, that Jesus Christ is the only Lord and King of kings. He is the only one. So what are we we're doing here? We're to live this thing out. The kingdom before men. We live it out. As the light of the world. As the salt. How many people know a light enters darkness and invades darkness? How many people take up, you eat lunch today, you'll take a salt shaker and do this. But the salt brings out a flavor. He said, you're the light and you're the salt. So that men will see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. That's not going to be on the screen, but that's Matthew 5, 14 through 16. Paul said in 1 Timothy 3, verse 14, I hope to come to you soon. But I am writing these things to you so that if I delay, 
you may know how one ought to behave in the household of God. I'm going to teach you how to behave, which is the church of the living God, a pillar and a buttress for truth. Can anybody tell me? Paul was saying you are the ecclesia, the separated ones, the called out ones. And he said, you know, we become a buttress. Does anybody understand the word buttress? A buttress is when you have a wall here and there's another wall placed to keep it from falling. That's called a buttress. We are the buttress that keeps the wall standing. What is the wall? Truth. We keep truth standing. I'm almost through. Last statement. As we hold to the truth of Jesus Christ, the wall will stand. But if you don't hold it, who is going to hold it? Do you realize you've been called to, to make sure your family's saved? There are people today that are going to, going to enjoy the fruits of your labor because you cared. Because you cared. There are people around you that need to see Jesus Christ. And nothing will prevail against the truth that is in the Lord Jesus Christ.